chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis, with your host, Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, keeping you, our listeners, on the pulse of what's happening in cannabis today. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us today, we have Ray Murphy with Forged Canine. Ray, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. How are you? Oh, if, I was, if I was doing any better, I'd be twins. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got to say that uh, this is one of the most unique uh, uh, products that I've seen uh, out in the cannabis industry today. Now, Forged in Canine is, is a security device. Uh, what kind of device uh, would you say this is? We are using canines. Um, you know, dogs have been used for security around the cannabis industry for for a long time. I mean, but for the most part, they've been used in the context of kind of a junkyard dog sitting behind a fence or roaming a grow or whatever just to keep the place secure. When in all reality, what you're looking at is you've got a walking liability out there. I mean, those dogs aren't certainly trained to discern, you know, friend or foe and that type of thing. What we're doing is we're trying to bring, you know, kind of a different mindset to the security plans people currently have out there so they could actually be secure, not feel secure. Um, you know, a lot of people have their security systems or alarms or, or things like that in place, but that doesn't do a heck of a lot for you if somebody really wants to, you know, inflict harm or raid your business or anything like that. So, no, you know, what I've, what I've what seen typically... What I've seen typically with the uh, with the security cameras is just great footage for Facebook later on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> here's my here's my entire load being jacked by somebody, and can somebody identify this guy? Which they don't. So um, there's multiple occurrences of that happening. What we're trying to do is be preventive about the whole thing and have people think that hey, if you're a hard target, you're going to be less likely to be robbed or assaulted in any way, in any capacity, not just in cannabis industry and just in general. Um, the dogs we put out there are highly trained. Um, there's a ton of training that goes into the owners themselves, so they don't just come out as little robots, but we have to train owners to become essentially canine handlers out there. Um, the only difference between our dogs and things that you're going to find with police and military is our, our dogs are going to be primarily defensive in nature and not offensive, so you know, we're not sending our dogs after people. Um, we are, they are there for, number one, a visual deterrent. Two, they have, they're hypervigilant as far as being able to sense when things are off or somebody's hiding in the bushes or something like that. Um, but they also can't be used against you like a gun could. So we find them as a much better, much more reliable tool out there for security than even other humans. So that's, that's actually a really good point uh, that you, you made about the guns. Now, now with guns and cannabis, there's, there's many layers of, of issues that, that happen when you couple guns and cannabis together. So what are the distinct advantages of having a canine security versus ha- you know, packing a nine? Yeah, I mean, basically, it, first of all, it's considered less than lethal force. So you're not running the same amount of liability that you do as if you hire a guy making, you know, $15 an hour to guard your, your delivery, um, but then he ends up having a shootout in downtown Main Street, USA. Um, luckily, that hasn't happened yet, at least to my knowledge, but there's not a lot of precedent involved there. 
can assure you the federal government would not be pleased to hear, you know, the guns and a shootout involved, regardless if it's legal or not. Um, that's one reason. The other is, you know, like I said, a gun could be used against you. You know, if you pull out a gun, you better be ready to use it. So that comes with a lot of, you know, high-level training to get somebody competent in making those decisions to, you know, shoot or not shoot or pull a gun out at all. Um, that dog's always going to be loyal to you and can't be turned around. So I think that's one of the ma major distinct advantages that you've got to consider when you're using a canine versus having a gun present. Now, an absolute and incredible way of, of doing this. Um, and and you, you don't just get a, a security force. Sounds like you also get a pet as well. Yeah, I mean, these, these dogs are not tools just to, you know, sit in a cage and come out and and work, these need to integrate into homes. And that's the biggest thing that we do is we, we heavily screen our clients to, so we understand their lifestyle and what they may have at home, whether their kid's present or not. Um, because again, you know, you don't want the dog biting your friends or your coworkers and things like that. That dog needs to have an off switch and be level-headed enough to know it can just sit there and hang out and be everybody's best buddy, but somebody hits that switch or something comes something comes awry that dog could sense that and act on it a heck of a lot faster than any human kid um a human can only stay vigilant for so long you know at some certain point you know somebody's going to be drifting off and thinking of something else besides the mission you know you've got a dog in play they're constantly reading what's going on around them and they can pick up um anything that's off you know whether it's a guy hiding in the bushes or some guy comes into a dispensary just nervous as heck and you can tell there's something off about this guy, he's going to alert on this, this person right away. Um, giving you that distinct advantage of having, you know, other security measures in play that might, that might help you too. You've got to understand you know, a dog can help supplement your current security plan also. It's not necessarily meant to kind of take over everything and say you don't need a camera system or alarm system, but it would be a good augment to your current security plan. Absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, an incredible, uh, incredible idea. Honestly, I've never seen this specifically coupled with uh, this particular industry before. It's real exciting to see, and it's it's definitely a, a very different uh, modality than you would normally uh, normally see in this in this industry. So, uh, kudos for to you for uh, you know putting uh, this together. Um, so tell me a little bit more about the dogs. Um, what types of dogs do you use? Are they, you know, like pit bulls? Are they, uh, you know, sheep dogs? Uh, what, what, what kind of dogs would you typically use for this type of uh, uh, application? Yeah, the vast majority of the dogs that we use are going to be either German Shepherds or Belgian Malinois because of their reliability in this type of work. Um, pretty much any dog will bite you. The whole point is when you train a protection dog, number one, the hallmark of a protection dog is control. So first off, these dogs need to be highly trained and under control and very obedient. And then for the mission itself, um, they'd have to be trained. When they go into a fight, they're going to go into a fight and they're going to win. Um, and if we tell them to let them get, let go, they need to let go. So, I mean, that, that level of, of control and that ability to turn on that fight and then turn it off and to hang out in your, you know, with your kids in your living room needs to be in place. And not all dogs have this, and it's very hard to find that right combination. Uh, that is why we, you know, we typically import our dogs from Europe because they have higher standards of breeding. Um, and then when we get them here stateside, we have to heavily vet these dogs to make sure that they are the right fit for our client because you know, these dogs don't sit on a tree for us to go out and harvest. You know, we have to sometimes you know, um, 
scour the earth, if you will, to find a couple different candidates and then weed it down to the perfect one that matches our clients' needs. So tell me a little bit about this vetting process. Um, you know, how I, I would imagine that it would take a considerable amount of time to, to really find the, uh, the appropriate dogs. So, so tell us a little bit about that process. Yeah, absolutely. So a process starts since, number one, we've got to meet with our clients um, you know, with a pretty detailed phone call or Skype call just to go over every aspect of what they intend to use this dog for, what's his mission, and then their lifestyle. Okay, I need to understand, you know, what's, you know, do they have a family? Do they have kids? Do they have other pets in the house? Um, that, those, that, that criteria has to be tested with these dogs prior to. You know, we can't just show up at somebody's house with this new dog and throw them in there and expect them just to integrate just fine. There needs to be a process involved, and then equal amount of training goes into the, the owner's so that they understand how to handle these dogs. You know, this isn't your golden retriever that you just hang out with and go to the dog park and that type of stuff. These dogs are working dogs, and they have to be treated differently than your average pet. Um, the process can take up, up, upwards of probably on average about five to six months, you know, on the short end maybe four, um, because the dogs are already receiving some training before we get them from Europe, uh, at least the foundation work and bite work and stuff. Um, and then we test their temperament and test them around these different environments and their ability to work um, when we get them stateside. And so that's there's, when there's we actually a, start showing them pictures here. So there really is a ton of uh, back work that needs to be done with, uh, with these dogs. Um, we got to take a quick break, Ray. Um, when we get back, Ray Murphy, Forged in Canine, or Forged Canine. We'll be right back with you, folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com, when we return. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you life yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Running a successful cannabis business isn't easy. Successful businesses need to have strong people to achieve long-term results. At Live Advisors, we believe people are the heart of business, and training people can help you infinitely grow your business. Learn more about our offerings at liveadvisors.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines, welcome back to the State of Cannabis. 
only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. Uh, with us today, we have Ray Murphy with Forged Canine. And this is actually a really unique concept. Um, and I, I absolutely love it. Not only do you get, uh, you know, a canine companion, but you also get, uh, you know, a canine uh, security force that uh, is tailored uh, to, to what your needs are. Um, we've been going over a, a few different scenarios, and we were just talking a little bit about the process uh, that goes into uh, having having this uh, this canine security. Um, so you're you're mentioning the the vetting of the dogs. It's about a five to six month process on average uh, to actually have that dog uh, on site with uh, with their human. So um, yep. uh, most of these come out of Europe. You said that they uh, it's because the breeding standards are much higher. Um, now, do you ever get any uh, animals from the U.S.? Sometimes. Um, we've got a pretty extensive reach as far as trainers we know that are involved in this type of work. Um, and if we could trust the bloodlines and we know something about the parents and make sure that these dogs have some of the, the workable aspects of what we're looking for, then, yeah, we'll source them stateside, obviously. Um, but we, it's been – it's really tough to find that, you know, that perfect dog – um, you know, what we have to do is you have to narrow it down and, you know, the more specific people are about their requests and the more uh, intense the mission may be, then, you know, obviously that'll take a little bit longer to find that perfect dog. But, you know, we're not a facility full of, you know, dogs and we're not just pumping them out. This is definitely a made to order type business that we take, you know, great care in making sure that the integration is successful. I could tell you the vast majority of uh, personal protection dogs that are out there are being sold um, under the guise of uh, their sport dogs, basically, that are being sold as protection dogs, meaning they, they will only operate and work in one atmosphere or one environment. You know, they see the man in the big fat suit or the man with the big thing on his arm. I need to bite him. But without that, the dog is not going to engage. So without testing these dogs properly, they're a danger to anybody out there who thinks that they're truly secure with those types of dogs. So now is, is there a lot of uh, that occurrence happening where, uh, you know, they're sold, as you'd said, mostly as a sport dog? Yeah, I mean, you, what you have to look into, I mean, the price point for a true personal protection dog that's been fully vetted and it's got all the training and it's been transitioned onto hidden equipment so it's not fixating on you know, the man in the fat suit, um, you're going to pay a decent amount of money, but you've got to remember that, that this is an investment over time. I mean, this, this thing's going to be, that security piece of the puzzle is going to give you a good eight to ten years of working life. Um, and when you break it down like that, it, it's very reasonable. Uh, you know, our dogs can range anywhere between twenty-five dollars to $45,000. But, yeah, can you go on Craigslist and find yourself a dog that's supposedly trained by protection dog for, you know, $500,000 or even less. Absolutely. Um, but I can tell you the vast majority of those dogs, when they're tested, are either going to fail to engage or they're going to be a liability in some capacity because you don't have that level of control that's almost more important than the bite aspect. And that's, that's where we're coming from. And there's very few people out there putting out quality dogs um, in any capacity for protection. You'll see a lot of people just going off of hopefully their visual deterrent being the only thing that um, is keeping them safe or a dog that's trained just to alert and bark. You know, that's like selling somebody an unloaded gun. You know, that's not going to do any good if you have to use it. 
Absolutely. So you're mentioning uh, that the cost ranges from about twenty-five to forty-five thousand per dog. Now, what uh, what are the, the the things that would change the price from twenty-five to forty-five thousand? What are the, uh, the the benefits that you would see in a dog uh, from a twenty-five thousand dollar range to a forty-five thousand dollar range? Yeah, it really just depends on what you're asking them to do. I mean, the complexity of the missions of the dogs, so you got to imagine, are can be through the roof. You know what I mean? If if we've got a dog that needs to be trained to ride in a helicopter or, you know, things like that, I mean, those type of requests obviously take some time. I mean, dogs just don't inherently say, hey, I'm going to go dive on this loud anything (laughs) out here. We have to train them to be cool around that. Same thing with around gunfire and things like that. We have to make sure the dogs are proofed around gunfire and they're okay with, you know, not coming unglued when they hear loud sounds and things like that. So it's details like that that usually will kind of kick the training envelope further out and obviously would take a little more time to get um that being said you know i mean there's there's a dog out there for everybody it's just a matter of being patient in the process um because rushing into the whole thing is doesn't help anybody so what we need to do is make sure we do our due diligence um up front with the client to make sure that we've got all the key points involved and then when we train them all of our training occurs on site you know, we go to these people's homes and businesses and basically live with them for a series of days until we get, their, get them comfortable with the flow of what's going on here. And then we do a lot of scenario training around their businesses or wherever they think they might have to utilize this dog in a defensive posture. So um, have you ever had a scenario where you've had a client that uh, you, you couldn't pair a dog with? Not really. I mean, really what it comes down to is just their, you know, if some people are really picky, like I have to have this color dog or something like that, um, the aesthetics of the things aren't, aren't truly what you should be after. I mean, the mindset needs to be you need to have a dog that, number one, will smoothly integrate into your lifestyle or in your family. And number two, if he has to turn it on, he's going to fight and he's going to win that fight. Um, and then, like I said, what we do with all of our dogs is we transition on to, to hidden equipment, meaning um, we've got bare minimum padding underneath clothing to simulate, you know, attacking an actual person. Um, without doing that type of work, the dog just becomes equipment-oriented, meaning he sees the guy in the fat suit of the, of the big sleeve on his arm, and that's the only time he's actually going to bite anything and engage. Uh, in a real fight, you know, somebody's not going to be standing still. If you send your dog on, you know, if somebody attacks you and that dog starts fighting back, that person's going to be kicking and screaming and it's loud. It's not, it's not a pleasant thing, but that dog has to endure that pressure and stay in that bite so its owner can, you know, basically get their family safe or call the police or do whatever they need to do to get out of that scenario and basically have that dog save their lives. And that's what we're looking for. So what do you think is harder, training the uh, the person or the dog? Absolutely the person. <laughs> so I think people have seen a little too much TV. You know, everybody wants the, the dog that went on the Osama bin Laden raid and things like that, and even things like the breed. Like a Belgian Malinois is definitely going to require a stronger handler, typically, um, or somebody with some kind of experience. German Shepherds tend to be a little more forgiving because they, they tend to have a little more of an off switch and less of that I have to work all the time mentality. But, you know, that, that's not a hard and fast rule. It just depends on the dog that you select. So, but yeah, we do, when we meet with people, it's, it's not just 
the security stuff that we're teaching them. We're showing these dogs are are people their basic needs that need to be met. Like these dogs need to be in a structured heel. They need to be sitting in a place command when somebody comes to their door so that, you know, they're not getting jumped on or barked at their friends and things like that. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, kind of re-engineering of of our clients' minds of how to live with these particular dogs because they probably have never owned a dog of these caliber before. And that's we understand that, and we want to be there to, you know, train them and support them through the process. Now, let me ask you, um, do you have, because, uh, you know, dogs pick up what's what's around them. Um, do you do you ever see you know like a, a dog lose its training over time? And if so, what do you do to correct that? Yeah, what we do, and we encourage this for all of our clients, is just to do some kind of reoccurring training. You know, it doesn't take a lot to get these dogs kind of reprogrammed back into what's going on. <clears throat> we definitely give them homework and things to do um, with these guys to kind of occupy their minds, and then also. Um, there are some outlets out there that are viable as far as have these people continuing doing bite work and things like that. Um, there are some sports that are a little more geared toward reality-based scenario things versus uh, scripted patterns um, that would be appropriate, you know, basically for them to keep doing ongoing work with these dogs. But we, have, we, we will always support our clients out there in any capacity like I said, the vast majority of the training will always occur on site because those dogs need to be need to understand what that picture looks like and what their mission is when they're on on the job. Absolutely. You know, we got to take another quick break. Uh, when we get back, folks, Ray Murphy with Forge Canine. We'll be right back with you, folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical bombs, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber Vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis 
only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us today, we have Ray Murphy with Forged Canine. Uh, and this is this is really a, a very cool, uh, you know, offering that that uh, I, for the first time I've seen. Um, now we've been talking about you know the the various training, the selection. Um, now tell us about the typical client that you would have. Well, I don't think there is a typical client. I mean, we also do executive and private security and home security and things like that. Um, it really just depends. Um, honestly, a lot of people, you know, we're talking a lot about the cannabis industry and the people directly involved with that. So the obvious candidates would be people who own the large grow or um, transport companies that are moving lots of amount of cash or product or both. Um, those are obvious people within the industry. But if you take a step back and look at who are the soft targets, if somebody really wanted to get to a big player in this industry would be, you know, the families of people involved in the cannabis industry, you know, who's looking after the wife and kids at home, whether they have anything to do with the business or not, are they protected? Um, again, this is about becoming a hard target out there, and 99% of the time, the presence of a dog is going to keep somebody at bay who might have some kind of ill will towards anybody. So, that being said, I mean, really, it just depends on, you know, what people need these dogs for specifically. Um, and then they got to look at a bigger picture. You know, are, are their families exposed in this, being involved in this industry, um, and things like that. So, I mean, again, guns, guns are great, but until they're not, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, there's a lot, of, a lot more liability built around use of deadly force than there is off um, less than lethal force. You know, we're gonna, if a dog has to be used, you, def, you definitely know that your life or somebody else's life is in danger. Okay, these dogs aren't offensive in nature. You're not sending them on your neighbor because you had a dispute. You know, obviously, we're going to go over the legalities of deploying a dog, you know, just like we would with a firearm. But um, it's definitely going to be a little more forgiving. So put it that way. Well, you know, definitely uh, from the, the legal standpoint, I mean, I can, I can absolutely see the, uh, the difference of, of having a, a canine uh, versus having, uh, you know, weaponry. Um, and you know we've we've had so many discussions over the years of of you know the uh, the legalities that we have if we have cannabis and firearms in the same space, and it uh, it definitely becomes a a broad challenge. Uh, you know, I mean, not to mention we already have banking issues and any number of things. So uh, you know, ways that we can mitigate those occurrences are are just an incredible thing. You know, across the board. So let me let me give you a scenario. So you have a, a client and uh, they pay. We'll go in the mid range, thirty five thousand dollars, and say they um, you know they they're banking on you know an eight to ten year uh, life expectancy of this animal. Um, what do you do um, should that uh, canine pass early? Well, I mean, obviously, what we're going to do is we offer guarantees straight out of the gate. Um, obviously, a two-year health guarantee um, right out of the gate because you know, past two years, you really can't see into a dog's future what could possibly arise health-wise and things like that. But a two-year window is definitely uh, enough time to for any kind of weirdness to arise that we would have to deal with, and then we will obviously replace any type of dog that's got any kind of deficiency like that. So that's definitely something that we offer all of our dogs. Um, we also have them, you know, inspected by veterinarians vets several times, you know, as soon as they come stateside and then prior to delivery. And then also we have the client 
take them to their local vet to make sure that everything checks out and it's all good. So that being said, um, then we also give them, you know, pretty distinct instructions of how to feed these dogs and care for them going forward because not everyone's had a dog before. This may actually be their first dog. And if that's the case, then we have to talk a lot about training the owners how to live with this dog, not just from a behavioral side, but just from the health and well-being side. You know, it's, uh, these guys are trained athletes. Um, we're using supplements. I'll tell you what, these dogs will eat better than a lot of people. <laughs> They're basically professional athletes on a leash. So, so uh, what, uh, what would that diet uh, look like? Well, we do advocate for raw diets. Um, so dogs are eating prey model. They're basically, you know, bones and meat and things like that. And then we do a lot of supplements, obviously, to keep their joints well-oiled and ready to roll. And then we just go over all those particulars because every dog is going to be slightly different in that map matter as far as what they like and things like that. But then we'll show, show people what's entailed in that whole process and what weight to keep them at. I mean, you, know, you keep throwing cookies at Fido, he's eventually going to get pretty fat and not work for anybody. <laughs> so <laughs> Absolutely. We need to make sure that they're on board with treating these animals like they should be, you know, basically professional athletes on a leash. So, Ray, where can everybody find you? Uh, should they uh, want to, to get one of these canine uh, uh, bodyguards? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they could find us on forgedcanine.com. Um, just go through our website. It's got a lot of information as far as the FAQs and stuff like that. But really the process begins with a phone call. Like we have to talk to you directly because there's a lot of questions that need to be answered as far as what you're looking for, the dog's mission, things like that, that need to be hashed out before we could really start the process. And then from there, you know, we've got a variety of ways that we can finance these dogs over time, either breaking up payments and things like that. Um, but it really just depends. And again, the final price is kind of determined by their, the client's input. That needs list. And you know, Ray, we're, we're just about out of time. I'm going to go ahead and give that number real quick. So that number is 720-583-5729. Uh, website is forgedcanine.com, or you can also email info at forgedcanine.com. Uh, Ray, really appreciate you coming on the show. Great, great product offering that you have. And, of course, uh, thank all of you for joining us on this edition of The State of Cannabis. Uh, You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. Don't forget to like and comment. I'm your host, Dave Inman, and we'll talk with you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.